thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. We've got a really special edition of the podcast today because I've brought in a guest who is located a very, very long way from where I am located um, right now, which is here in Australia. And that's Erin Buchanahan, who is a 911 dispatch officer for the state troopers and is based up in the North Pole in Alaska. In her words, she's literally down the road from Santa Claus's house. So to tell us more about shift working with Santa, I'd love to give a warm, and I'm really going to reiterate that warm uh, word, Erin. <laughs> Healthy <laughs> shift worker, welcome to Erin. Hello. Thank you. Yes, I like that shift working with Santa. That's cool. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you are like quite close to to, little, to Santa's house, which I've just sort of found out from you know doing a few discussions with you via email, isn't it? Literally mm-hmm. down the road from you. Yes, it is. Not far at all. It's a little farther than I would want to walk, but uh, uh, by by dog sled, it's not too far. Oh, dog sled. Okay. <laughs> oh, that is such a stuff. That's hard thing for us to comprehend um, down here in Australia, but um, yeah. <laughs> Well, before we get started uh, with the uh, interview, Erin, I guess I'd I'd like to give just a little bit of a background story um, for our listeners just to sort of help them to understand how we became connected because we've never actually met in person uh, because we do live literally um, on the other side of the world from each other. But you're a member of my Healthy Shift Workers Facebook group, which uh, has close to a 1,000 members now from all over the world, which is pretty Pretty amazing, but when I asked, um, or when I ask our new members to sort of share with us in the group where they're from and what they do, your story really caught my eye um, when you said that you were, yeah, um, not only located in the North Pole, but as I said before, um, that you are literally down um, the road from Santa's house. Now that's that is a very unique location. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I guess um, for our listeners, um, has, has the North Pole always been your home, Erin? It was when we very first moved here. I, although uh, I'll go back and I'll say I was born in Alaska, but I was born in Anchorage um, and didn't spend any time there. We moved to Arizona when I was just a baby. And then we moved back to Alaska in 1975. And we lived in North Pole for a few months at that time until um, we got settled into a house in Fairbanks, which is about 15 to 20 miles uh, north of North Pole. Wow, even further north. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but it's kind of funny when you go, when you're driving up here and you're trying to go to North Pole from Fairbanks or... Um, that area, it's like, well, where's North Pole? Well, you got to go south on the highway to get to North Pole. It's kind of an oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, as I have actually been uh, to Alaska. I think I was sort of sharing that with you a little bit uh, yes. before we yeah, got onto the call. Um, but I have never been, and that even then certainly wasn't in wintertime. I think it was about April. So that's um, moving in towards summer, I think, from memory, isn't it? Around April. It's it's springtime, yeah. but as as the old um, Johnny Horton song goes, when it's springtime in Alaska, it's forty below. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned that because it still felt incredibly cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not too bad right now. Right now, according to my my iPhone, it is three below, but it's supposed to drop to twenty four below tomorrow wow is that fahrenheit or celsius uh fahrenheit fahrenheit okay yeah yeah wow um well look i guess some for our listeners um to sort of help to understand you know a little bit about what you do erin because we've got people um, who listen to this podcast from all walks of life but your position um certainly sounds very unique so i'd love for you know just to share a little bit about um, you know, you, as you mentioned, um, well, I mentioned in the beginning that you work for the Alaskan State Troopers, um, mm-hmm. which is equivalent, I guess, to um, the police force. Is that correct? Yes, it's the Alaska State Police. Yeah. We have the state police and then each city um, has its own city police force. But the state troopers um, patrol the state. We have multiple detachments though so like our detachment here in the Fairbanks area and encompasses a couple of other uh, small towns is D detachment like Delta so we cover Fairbanks uh, part of North Pole and uh, surrounding areas like uh, you know you've heard of McKinley Park or Denali Park Denali I've heard of yeah oh yes and McKinley yep Mm. okay so we don't actually cover the park that area is the jurisdiction of the park services but we cover the highway and some of the surrounding um, towns in that area down to a certain point and then it falls to another detachment covers the area so <clears throat> right I guess it's you like, wouldn't want to be like going in... sorry you go uh, I was just going to say it's like when you watch the shows on TV you know it's different precincts well we don't have precincts we have detachments ah oh, okay well I'm, I'm thinking it's probably good that you're not actually uh, having to sort of uh, delve too much into the national parks because that's where the grizzlies and polar bears are <laughs> is that right Grizzlies, yes. Polar bears, no. <laughs> oh, and not the polars, no. <laughs> not, not in Denali, anyway. Okay. They're they're much further north. Okay. But it's on my it's on my bucket list of one day I want to go and see them. So. Oh, you haven't seen them yet, <laughs> even though they're fairly reasonably close, I guess, to you. Yeah, they are. I just haven't haven't gotten there. Yep. <laughs> Well, that's a little bit like I haven't seen Ayers Rock. Have you heard of Ayers Rock in Australia? 
I don't think I have. Okay, you have to go and look it up in Google when we get off the call. It's one of the major big, you know, attractions of Australia that people come to see and even I haven't been to it. So <laughs> I guess it's a similar thing. But, uh, yeah, could you mind sharing us what exactly that you do um, as a dispatcher for the state troopers, Erin? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, first and foremost, we answer the 911 calls that come in and um, – of course, dispatch troopers to those calls. So we have to gather information as to what exactly the situation is, who's involved, if they know, you know, what. Sometimes it could be a car accident. So then we have to, we don't dispatch medical uh, or fire. So we reroute those calls to the fire department or to the ambulance service. Um, We only handle law enforcement issues. So if it's a crime in progress or not necessarily in progress, but after the fact, that's something that we're going to deal with. And it's been quite a year (laughs) as far as crime goes. Yes. Oh, really more than normal? Uh, Yeah, it's, it is getting to be that way. Mm. Okay. Okay. So what kind of hours then do you work, uh, Erin? We're doing, I'm sort of figuring that that is that a full 24-hour uh, uh, rotation that you do with your, with your uh, actual shifts? It is. Um, I was working the dreaded day shift. I hate day shift with passion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. I am not a morning person at all. Right. Um, so up until I went on my, <clears throat> on my leave, I was working uh, day shift. And so now when I, and and trying to get sleep on that shift is just, was horrible too. Um, I've worked all three shifts, uh, days, swings, which is the 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. And grave shift or mids, as some would call it. And so when I go back um, after this break, I'm going to be going back on mids. So I'll be working from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Okay, that sounds like what we would call a night shift. Yeah. Well, some call it mids for midnights. Okay. I call it grave shift. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, different one people use different terminology. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you don't like a day shift. What is it? What uh, equates to a day shift for your particular role where you are? Uh, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay. Yep. Right. And that means for me. Now, some of the world, I don't know, they can get up and roll out of bed at, you know, 5.30 and, or 6 o'clock and be to work at 7. I can't do that. I, I need my coffee and wake up time <laughs> don't we all <laughs> ease ease myself into the day yeah and so I was getting up at 4 a.m most days wow okay and yeah. uh and then always feeling like I have to come home and go right to bed you know yeah which it's pretty much that way when I work nights too but it doesn't feel quite as pressured I guess 
Yeah. It's really interesting because so many people really, really struggle on the night shifts more than anything. Um, uh-huh. Although I do, I must admit, I do have a couple of clients uh, that are like yourself that do really quite like the um, the night shift for, I guess, a couple of different reasons. Sometimes the c- consistency, these people that I um that I'm working with at the moment are lucky enough that they are sort of on that consistent basis, consistent night shifts, which is uh, certainly much better because uh, you've got to get into a little bit more of a routine uh, and some yeah. people do it because it means that there's no management or admin staff around. You kind of, it's a lot quieter. So that's why they prefer to do the night shift. Um, but certainly they can understand that it's, yeah, really hard on, on the body, the night shift, but it's interesting to hear, uh, yeah, that you actually prefer that as opposed to what, yeah, I suppose most normal people, whatever equates to normal, um, is a seven to a three is a lot more civilized. Right. Mm. Right. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but this I, is good. I don't, I don't like it at all. Yeah. So can you do shift swaps and everything amongst your colleagues? Like how does it work? Is your roster quite good? Is it fairly user-friendly or not so? It just depends. We we bid for our shifts every four months, so three times a year. I think it's every four months, yeah. Three times a year we get to bid what shift we want. It goes by seniority, and so um, – then it just goes down the line and mm. and um I lost track of what I was going to say. <laughs> do they have, uh, I guess, uh, also do you have like a minimum um, turnarounds and so forth? Like here in Australia, it depends on the industry, but some industries have like a, uh, for nurses, they'll have like a minimum 10-hour turnaround. Uh, other industries, it might be eight hours. Is that something that um, is similar over there uh, in Alaska or also varies depending on the industry? Um, it probably varies depending on industry, but for our organization, um, we do frequently have eight hour turnarounds and Mm. those are really rough. Yeah. Especially if you're like me, which a lot of people are, I live a half an hour away from work, you know, so by the time you actually get out the door, drive home, get in bed, you know you're not going to fall right to sleep. Mm. Um, and then to have to be back in eight hours, it it makes, it's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because like, you know, there's so much research out there that they keep telling us that we should be getting around the seven to eight hours sleep. But there you have mm-hmm. it already. Like if you've only got that eight-hour turnaround, immediately it's getting encroaching um, as soon as you sign off. Yeah. Yeah. So we just try not to do that, but I mean, sometimes it can't be avoided. So, yeah. 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 It's interesting. Well, how do you go then um, in regards to things like uh, the sun? Because I remember when I was over there again in April. Uh, I can't remember exactly location. It was south of Anchorage that we went down somewhere, stayed at a B&B. Um, but even then, like it was just so 
so much daylight even through till midnight you know for for shift workers i think or for other listeners um would i think would find it really fascinating to hear how you kind of um try and deal with the excessive amount of or both really isn't it up there you get an excessive amount of light during various times of the year and you also get the other extreme where you have excessive amounts of daylight so I guess firstly um, sorry night sorry I meant darkness then so I guess firstly how do you deal with the excess light Erin? I I use a sleep mask mm-hmm. okay. I, I wear a, a dark sleep mask and that serves two purposes. One, it blocks the light out. And two, because I have dry eye syndrome and I sleep with the overhead the ceiling fan on. Um, so that helps to keep the uh, air from drying my eyes out more. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what the doctor recommended. And I do that and it works fairly well. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just the sleep mask. I would have thought you'd have to have your big blinds up to completely block out all of the light coming in. Yeah, no, um, that would be nice, but it's not practical for my bedroom. Okay. <laughs> because, I- because I was stupid and I put in um, uh, the glass doors, you know, that lead out onto the lanai and I have too many windows and none of them have shades or blinds on them so I have to wear the the thing over my eyes instead yeah wow my goodness I think I'd still notice though the light creeping in around my eye mask though (laughs) well once I get to sleep yep it doesn't really doesn't really bother me yeah you're out we're out completely Mm mm-hmm and what happens too from the other side? Because that is correct, isn't it? You you do experience that excessive amount of darkness, like um, during winter. As we well. do, and and that lasts for a longer period of time than the constant daylight. Okay. Um, so December twenty first was our winter solstice, mm-hmm. and the shortest day of the year we had like three and a half hours of daylight. <gasps> Wow. And um, so now we're on the uphill swing. We're starting to gain daylight, but it's by the milliseconds every day. Yeah. (laughs) So um, by the time, let's see, June 21st is our summer solstice. So that's the longest day of the year where Mm -hmm. we have the full 24 hours of daylight. So between now and then... We're just going to keep steadily gaining usually five or six minutes a day is, is what it is. So it's it's pretty quick. Yeah. Wow. Did you say it goes to 24 hours of daylight? So it literally doesn't mm-hmm. get dark. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> correct. That's so hard to comprehend. Gosh. That would be um, – yeah, you wouldn't know what – what that would make it even more confusing like as shift workers we get confused about is it morning is it night is it day right most of the time right. that, that would even make it even more confusing right and then in the winter time with the darkness and I think I mentioned this in an email to you we have you know the uh, seasonal affective disorder mm. I think it's called yep when it gets winter up here 
a lot of people suffer from that. Mm-hmm. So my sister was very thoughtful and gave me a happy light for Christmas. I think it was the Christmas before this last one. And uh, so you turn that on and it's supposed to simulate the sunshine and keep you happy and healthy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's also referred to as like a sad lamp, isn't it, for the seasonal yes. affective disease? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. So I use it, typically I use it not because I'm depressed, but when I'm on my weekends um, and trying to stay up all night on my Sunday night to go to work the next day, you know, or night, mm-hmm. I will oftentimes plug that in because it's like, okay, keep just keep me going <laughs> just a little bit longer, a few more hours. And because there's nothing to do but sit here and play on the computer. I mean, yeah, I because I have others in the house that are sleeping. I don't want to disturb them, and I can't go out and do anything because nothing's open, and I don't want to go out and do anything anyway in the wintertime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So you've got to experience the both because so many uh, shift workers, we it for the night shift in particular. That's what they struggle with. This sort of excess sun and excess daylight but yeah you've got Mm -hmm. you've got the other side of the equation as well having to use these lamps to kind of to keep you awake Mm -hmm. yeah it's um that's fascinating this fast so have how are your vitamin d levels then erin because i I could only imagine that most um people living up into the north pole would would have extremely low uh, vitamin d levels honestly i have no idea Oh, okay. I, <laughs> it's not something that I've ever been tested for, to my knowledge. I, I really don't know. And I'll tell you this, I am not a milk drinker. My mother harped on me for years about, you know, drink your milk, drink your milk. Um, I don't drink milk. I get my calcium and my vitamin D from, you know, like cheese and yogurt and that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's probably not where it should be. Like normal people who drink milk, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but um, I that's something that I've never encountered as far as you know having a test done for or anything like that to see if I have a deficiency. So I don't know. Yeah, wow, fascinating. Well, I guess if you <clears throat> excuse me, if you eat a bit of fish because um, vi- uh, cod liver oil also is quite um, high in vitamin D as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. so that's that might actually um, be be helping as well. But it's it's just so ironic because here in Australia, where I live, um, in the state of Queensland, um, we are we are actually classified as a sunshine state because we do get quite a lot of sun. But in saying that, Erin, we are all well. It's a generalisation, but we have a very high incidence of um, very low vitamin D status, even though we're getting the sun exposure. And there's, yeah. yes, it's it's interesting, but I guess there's a bit of politics behind that because we've sort of been told to slip, slop, slap, and put a lot of sunblock on, um, which is sort of perhaps you know been one of the contributing factors as, as to our low vitamin D status. But, right. Yeah, but it's it's definitely one of the standard or fairly standard um, blood tests that we get um, done here in, in Australia. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's, it's quite interesting to talk to you about it because I would have thought, yeah, that's one of the things, um, 
um, that, yeah, would have to be sort of quite monitored um, in, in where you live. But, um, yeah, but I guess um, – and I have to ask this because I'm a nutritionist. So what exactly do or what exactly does an Alaskan shift worker eat on her shift? And don't be shy. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> well, it just depends on individual taste, I guess. Okay. I, I can tell you that I do not eat muktuk, which is... <gasps> what is that? Whale blubber. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. And it's a delicacy for the some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not big on fish. You know, everybody, oh, the salmon. Oh, you know, I don't yeah. like salmon at all. Okay. Um, I love seafood, but I don't eat it much. You know, that's actually, I don't, I hardly eat it all here. I do that when we're on vacation somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, I don't know what the others eat, but I pretty much just take leftovers if I happen to cook. If I don't happen to cook, then I buy something on the way, and usually it's not something healthy. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I love your honesty. Unless, <laughs> unless I get lucky and I go, like, to Subway or something like that, which still is not that healthy, but it's better than burgers or mm. something. But, yeah, I'm I'm very bad at my choices. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like how you said, again, I think via, via email um, that you said it was a bit tricky to stay healthy, but you do need the quote unquote extra layers of fat to help you keep warm. <laughs> so I think I yes. can. <laughs> I'd have to <laughs> agree this, with you. <laughs> this year we're having exceptionally warm winter. And okay. in fact, it rained not very long ago here, which is not good because mm-hmm. um, we had freezing rain. So, but... Uh, yeah, that's a bonus, I guess you could say. Mm. But then you gotta you gotta get rid of it in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, again, I could I could only sort of imagine that getting out and doing some exercise is no easy feat as well. I mean, for example, for me, like I can just walk out the house now and go for a walk around my local park. You know, we're mm-hmm. wearing shorts and t-shirts, which which to you would probably, you know, sound a bit incomprehensible at the moment. So, yeah, how how do you go about doing exercise to kind of keep yourself, um, you know, reasonably fit and healthy? Well, that's another area that's a major challenge for me. Okay. And yeah. so basically I get my exercise from the stairs to my house. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> which I am up and down multiple times a day, but I yeah. know it's not enough. So, um and actually, right now, I'm I'm going through physical therapy for a work-related injury. Um, and so they have me doing all kinds of things for improving flexibility and so on and so forth. So mm. I'm getting a little bit more than normal. But yeah, yeah I, I don't, uh, not since I was in the eighth grade uh I don't go walking you know back then it was walking 20 miles to school in through the snow uphill both ways (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but not anymore 
So. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it would be tricky. I could only imagine, yeah, sort of um, being able to just walk one block would be quite exhausting and take a quite a long time in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. Just bring in the, the groceries in when it's really, really cold because I don't have a garage. I opted for cedar siding on my house instead of a garage. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Is that a type of timber? Uh, Is that what you're saying? It's more expensive timber? Yes, it's yeah. very, yeah, much more. and But it was so pretty. <laughs> and so who needs a garage, right? I've been parking outside all my life. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, no, I, we, um, we just, we kind of just hunker down and stay inside unless we have to go somewhere like to work or to appointments or whatever. And then it's just from the car to wherever you're walking into. So there's not a whole lot of outside activity for me. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, but it kind of goes to show just how the human body really does adapt to our environment because, you know, as, as human beings, you know, the, we are spread all around the world and we live in various different climates. You know, you can mm -hmm. think of, uh, you know, people that live in the middle of Africa where there's, you know, it's just all um, vegetation, it's all sparse, it's a lot and it's very hot. But as human beings, you know, they adapt to living in that environment and just like, um, you know, you do where you are and I guess the Eskimos, I suppose, um, as well. It just goes to show that the human body is an incredibly resilient uh, body that has this amazing capacity to, to be able to adapt to our environment. Um, mm -hmm. and, and do the best um, that we can given, um, yeah, given what we, we've got. You have to kind of work with, as you said, kind of work with what we've got and just bunker down um, during those, um, yeah, those rough, rough, rough times um, during the winter in particular. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I just wanted to um, touch on because you sent me some really great photos through um, that uh, – that you actually shared on my, my Healthy Shift Workers Facebook group too. So thank you so much for doing that. They were just fascinating photos of things like ice sculptures and reindeers um, and even one of them included a photo of Santa's house, which is pretty cool. Um, but as mm -hmm. I sit here sweltering in our hot Australian you know, summer, that is really, really hard to kind of comprehend. I mean, how cold does it get over there, Erin? Like what? What? How cold does it get, and how hot does it get? If any. Typically, <laughs> typically, at this time of year, thirty below is not uncommon. Wow! Um, and that's that's Fahrenheit. So I'm not sure what that equals yeah. Celsius, but um, still cold. What is uncommon is this warming trend that we've had for the last several years, where it's it warms up and it rains uh, in the middle of winter and then freezes again. And then sometimes it'll drop down. Like I said, my, my phone is telling me that it's going to be 20 to 24 below tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So, and today it's been like right now it's three below. So, Oh, Quite hot. a fluctuation. <laughs> that must feel hot. <laughs> yeah, it's a heat wave. 
<laughs> t-shirt weather. Um, and then in the summers, summers are really gorgeous. And if it's, except for July is our rainy month and, um, Summers, I actually have a picture that I thought I sent to you, but maybe I didn't have a digital thermometer reading 93 degrees. Right. In Fahrenheit. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we sit around and we complain. It's too hot. We want the snow. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, on that note, I guess if there's anybody listening that would like to visit Alaska, um, like, is there any particular um, place or particular time of year that you would, you know, recommend um, t- people to, to visit Alaska, Erin? Oh, well, if they want to see the beauty, um, any time, like fall is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And winter with the with all the snow and the northern lights and aurora borealis, whatever, however you want to say it. Yeah. Um, that can be really beautiful. Mostly the times that most Alaskans agree are, are not very nice are spring thaw. Everything is just filthy. You know, the snow is melting and it's all muddy and dirty and grimy. And it's just, and nothing is green yet. Is every, everything is still dead? <laughs> yeah, right. So, what what so, months are you referring to there? That would be pretty much um, March and April. Okay. So our our good spring starts in May. Yeah. May, June, July, uh, into the end of September, even are the the best months to come. That's the the high tourist season. Yeah. And um, you can see lots of wildlife and enjoy the the many hours of daylight and get out and do things and have a good time. Mm, Yeah. Have you ever had any close encounters with, you know, the polar bear or or not the polar bears because you haven't seen one you mentioned before, but any grizzlies or any other um, wildlife that you have up there? I have not. I have seen them, Uh um, but I haven't had an actual close encounter with them, thankfully. Yeah. Um, I had a Arctic fox or a red fox. Uh, Yeah, they I don't think they're called Arctic Fox. Anyway, standard red fox <laughs> was hanging out in my yard, which I have five acres here. So um, that was a few years ago. I haven't seen it come back, so I don't know what happened to it. But that was kind of neat. And um, I have moose that come through my yard all the time. I think I sent you pictures of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so it, it's pretty awesome. They're, they're unusual creatures, the moose, aren't they? Yeah, and they can be very mean. <laughs> oh, is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay. The mammoth especially. Oh, okay. Breeding season? If you get between, well, yeah, that too. But if you get between a mama and a baby, you're you're going to be in trouble. Right. So. 
Okay. <laughs> Make mental note of that, anyone listening in <laughs> the next trip to Alaska. Beware of yeah. the moose. Mm. Yeah, fascinating. Well, look, this has been um, a lot of fun chatting with you, Erin. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. We've we've had a couple of little glitches trying to catch up with um you know, time differences and technical issues, you know, my end and so forth. So it's um, really been really nice to actually finally catch up, even though technically as we're recording this podcast, Santa has already been and gone. It is after Christmas Day. <laughs> but yes, he has. <laughs> he has, yeah. Um, but I'm sure, you know, our listeners are going to be really fascinated just to hear a little bit about your story uh, because where you live is just so unique Um to most of the population in the world so yeah it's just been um you know really uh, nice to kind of um, for you to share your story with us okay i enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) um i just i just was thinking that you were saying earlier um about recommendations of where to go if people want to come and visit i can tell them that fairbanks has a lot of history um but it's not the prettiest place in Alaska. The farther south you go, like towards Anchorage and I guess Kenai and that kind of area down there um, is absolutely gorgeous. You get into the mountains and the uh, mountains and the oceans and water and everything down there. It's really, really pretty. Fairbanks is known as the interior. We're like right in the middle of the state. So we kind of, we're not quite in the, oh, I can't think of the word I wanted to use, but anyway. In the center. (laughs) Yeah. In the center of the state. So is that only accessible, sorry, only accessible really by seaplane or rail, or you do have a good road network to get up there? We do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, because yeah. uh, my understanding is that uh, even Alaska, uh, or may, no, actually, I might have missed. No, I think Anchorage is it that is has the highest uh, seaplane per capita population. So it's a bit like that, driving a car. <laughs> that could very well be. Mm. I I don't know which area actually does. I would think more along the lines of like, <clears throat> excuse me, Juneau or someplace like that where there is no road system. It's either fly in or boat. Right. Yes. Yep. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there, yeah that's because it's a, uh, a stop that we actually stopped on the cruise and they mentioned that, yeah, there's no road in, which was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you either, have to, you either have to know how to fly or know somebody who does and has a plane or... Or you can go by boat. Yeah. Or by train. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's so hard to comprehend. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, as I said, thank you so much um, for joining um, me, Erin. It's, it's been a real treat um, to have you on the show and, and for, you know, um, you know, sharing with us your story over, over the Christmas period. I know that you're on holidays at the moment, so I really do appreciate it. Well, I'm glad we finally made it work. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback, and there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page, The Healthy Shift Worker, through my website, healthyshiftworker.com, or you can visit The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit, as this will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organizations all around the world. 
If you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, healthissueworker.com and enter your name and email address. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. And until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.